Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on the Behold podcast. I just wanted to give you a quick little note that this episode was originally only made as a YouTube video, and it can be found in its entirety here, as well as its entirety with the video on our YouTube channel, which can be found in the show notes. Thank you so much for being a part of our Behold community, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to Behold, a series for women longing to live their life worthy of the call they have received. I'm Christy Horsch, and this is Episode 9. Hello, friends. Welcome back for Episode 9. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so glad that you're here. Over the past few weeks, we have been really diving into this mindset tool, and how our thoughts create our feelings, and our feelings create our actions, and our actions create our results. And so we've been tackling this necessary work in order to better observe our thoughts. We can become more intentional in the way that we're thinking. And as we do this, you've probably started to recognize that you actually aren't your thoughts, that you're not just your brain, you are your soul. And God made your soul in a beautiful way, far beyond the way that your brain has been treating you over the past few years, more than likely. Um, So part of realizing that is that even if your thoughts aren't true, God still loves you anyway. And so having that love and compassion for yourself and giving yourself that space and holding that space for yourself so that you are able to observe your thoughts and find, find where the lies are and be able to replace those lies with truth. So how do we do that when that's when it's hard? How do we do it when we feel like we're stuck? When we feel like we can't get past a thought, like we cannot be objective about something? Where do we go then and how do we how do we solve those issues? And so that's what we're going to be talking about today, but first let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit and fill our hearts as we wait as we wait for Pentecost that's coming soon. We just call out to you. We beg you to fill us. Fill us with your words. Help us to hear the things you want us to hear. Help us to shine a light in our brains so we can find what's truth and what's a lie. Help plant in us holy desires so that can become dreams that will fill our lives and help us to live the calling that you have intended for us. We ask this in Jesus' name. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. So as I was saying, how do we get into these things? How do we break open some of these harder, harder lies in our lives that we're unable to see what we can change our thoughts to? And the answer for me has been life coaching. And that's what this entire series has been about. These are life mindset life coaching tools that I'm sharing with you. And the wonderful thing about mindset life coaching is you can do a lot of it yourself. You can teach yourself how to coach yourself and you can walk through these tools as I've been sharing with you each and every day. But sometimes we get stuck. Sometimes we're just too close to the situation. And sometimes our thoughts are so rooted in our heads. They've been there for so long and that they're almost running unconsciously that we can't see them. And so that's what a life coach does. A life coach helps us to see what those thoughts are and to point out to us that those are just thoughts. It doesn't mean that they're true and that we can change them. 
okay? Now there, of course, as we've talked about before, sometimes we don't want to change our thoughts. Sometimes we don't want to change our feelings because we are people who want to feel positive and negative, but that life coach is going to help point out to you as well that you do need to feel. You can't be avoiding those feelings and buffering all the time because that's not healthy either, okay? So first, I should probably kind of to explain more about what a life coach is, I need to tell you a little bit about what a life coach is not. So a life coach is not a therapist. A life coach is not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Um, many of us struggle with mental health issues at varying degrees, and we are so blessed that we live in this time and place where there is such an array of ways and um, methods to help us. And so mental health services are so important. And if you ever do decide to get help from a life coach, they will tell you, this is beyond me. This, this is not what we're focusing on. Why don't uh, you need to find a therapist or a counselor you know, or a psychologist and then let's work together on life coaching. Because what life coaching really does is life coaching explores the present and life coaching explores your current thoughts and life coaching helps you to basically level up your life through that, where mental health services are going to help you solve some of those um, root problems. They're going to help you maybe with prescribing medication or getting further counseling. They're going to help dive into those issues. Both are excellent tools. They can be used alone. They can be used together. They are both wonderful things that can help you live your life the way that God called you to live. So with that being said, now all of us have trauma in our life. We've all had things that have happened to us and some of us have had really hard and big traumas that have happened to us. And those are the kind of things that we work out with mental health services. And then we also have little T traumas in our life, these smaller traumas that still have given our brain evidence of lies, more than likely, and they still affect us in some way. And so these are kind of more of the things that we work out through life coaching, through these tools. Okay, so I want to give you an example because I can explain all day that these little traumas will sometimes cause a thought to pop into your brain. And that thought might not even be true, but our brain is using that trauma, which was something out of the ordinary, as it's supporting evidence. And of course, when our brain is telling us that there's evidence of this, our brain's always looking for more evidence of that, and it's kind of a vicious cycle. And so life coaching is something that can kind of help us sort through that. So I'm going to give you an example of how these tools have helped me. Now, this is kind of going to sound silly, this whole example, but, and I've told a lot of people this story because it's an embarrassing story, but it isn't a good example of how our thoughts will shape our results. So I do not like to public speak, or I have not in the past. I have been very afraid of public speaking. It makes me extremely nervous. Um, to actually, it was to a point where I don't like putting my name in raffles because I don't want my name to be called and having to go up there and just grab a prize like that is that what used to terrify me. And as I'm talking about this, I noticed that I'm still saying it in the present tense because it's so um, it's been ingrained in my brain so long that that's who I am. So public speaking has always just been an awful thing for me. And you could be saying, well, look at here, you're talking to all these people on this series. But the only reason I can do this is because I've been doing life coaching on this. So I recognized through my life coaching that as I've been exploring my dreams and exploring 
what God is calling me to do in my life, I've noticed that he's put me in a lot of situations where I have to speak, where I have to speak publicly, even though I'm very uncomfortable doing it, even though I get very nervous and get myself really worked up. He's put me in these positions and he's told me to speak. And there have been times that I've done it. I've done it and I've pushed through even though it's been hard and uncomfortable and I haven't done it well, but I've done it because I've had to, okay? And there have been times where I have let my fear completely overtake me and I have not done, and I have not said what I was supposed to say or what I really do feel that God was calling me to say or do because I let that fear take over. And I don't know if you have something in your life that's like that. It's I know it's different from for everybody, but we all have things that we truly believe about ourselves that maybe aren't completely true. And so for me, I believed that I could not speak in public that I had nothing anybody would want to hear, okay? So I started to look, so I decided to tackle this with life coaching. And so I looked at the circumstance, which is speaking in public, and then I started thinking, what are my thoughts when I hear I need to speak in public? What do I start to think? And my first thought is, I can't do this. And no one will take me seriously. I'm not good at this. What I have to say won't make any difference anyway. And these are the kind of thoughts that I'm thinking. And as you can hear, those are not, not positive thoughts. Those are very negative and they would leave me to feeling defeated. I'd feel defeated before I even started. I'd feel scared and nervous. Even just talking about it, I get that sick feeling in my stomach. Just really self-conscious and a part of me would feel really worthless because I was, I knew that God was calling me to this, but I couldn't do it. Okay. Or I could do it with his, you know, because we can't do anything without God's strength. But sometimes I wouldn't even let him in to give me the strength because I was so wrapped up in these, these thoughts, these negative thoughts. So then my actions, when I coming from that place of those feelings was sometimes I would over-prepare. I would spend hours writing what I was going to say, practicing it over and over again. I would just, it, I would just let it consume me. It would get in the way of my family. Um, and then I'd be white knuckling it through the speaking. I would just be so scared. And sometimes I wouldn't speak at all. Okay. I talk way too fast. I just, I didn't try to get better at it. It was, it was basically a nightmare. And so then the results was, were that I didn't do the job that I was supposed to do. I didn't do as well as I could have. I would be, even if I did get my point across, I would tear it apart to a point where it wouldn't even matter because I was such a wreck on the inside from it. And then I also would look from a lot of reassurance from others. And I'm sure that that would just probably drive them crazy because I just didn't have the confidence in myself and I was seeking it in others. And that's never a good place <laughs> to be. So this was not healthy and definitely not beneficial. And so I started doing life coaching with this. I started going through the, this, these tools and learning more about myself. And so I started with the thought. And I realized that this thought got a little bigger because as I tried to replace my thought with a new thought, I couldn't believe any new thought. Any thought that I would try to believe, it just wasn't fitting. So remember that this work we're doing, this is not affirmations. We're not just telling ourselves, um, I'm a great public speaker, I'm a great public speaker, I'm a great public speaker, until we believe it. We're not doing that. You have to have thoughts that you believe. And so sometimes that requires us to have what we call ladder thoughts. And ladder thoughts are, are thoughts that kind of step us up step us through the process so that we can get to the thought that we ultimately want to believe. 
So we start showing our brain evidence on each step of the ladder until we get to that point where we believe that ultimate thought we wanted to believe in the first place because we've built up the evidence. It's all that building trust like we've talked about before. So I realized I also couldn't believe my ladder thoughts. And so I thought, okay, now this is something that's really deeply a part of my identity. But then it was pointed out that no, this is not my identity. This is just a thought. So I did a deep dive. Now a deep dive is where you take a thought or you take a circumstance and you write down every single thought you're thinking about it. Now usually when we're doing this tool, we can do it pretty fast. If there's only a thought, one or two thoughts, we can sort through all of that pretty quickly. Sometimes when there's something that's rooted really deep, we need to take more of a deep dive, give ourselves more of an opportunity. And so you just take a piece of paper and you write down everything, everything you can think of about that thought. And then when you're done, you step back and you look at it objectively. And for me, I like to say a little prayer and I like to ask God to shine his light over my thoughts and for him to use that light to show me what's true and what's not. And so in those thoughts, then I will mark down what's true, what's not true, and what might be true. And I think that having some of those might be trues in there are important because sometimes we recognize, well, maybe that's not true, maybe it is true. And so those are places to start, places to really get curious about and wonder, have that wonder about those. Is this real? You know, those are the things that we take to prayer. Those are the things that maybe we consult with our life coach about or with a friend about, you know, what do you see? What do you think when I say this thought to you? Do you agree with that? You know, we kind of get into things there. Um, and once you do this, you can look through and you can really start to judge which of these actually are true and which are not true. And so then I've got this sheet of paper, all these thoughts, I can pull out the ones that aren't true. I can just cross them off and say, nope, I'm done with those. Those are lies. I don't believe those and keep going from there. And then I can look at the ones that are true and I can reshape my ones around my thoughts around those instead. And so then from there, it's back to prayer. And I ask the Lord to shine his light again on those ones that are true and to help me heal those broken thoughts, heal me in this area. And I give it all to him and trust that he'll help along the way. And so up until this point, I have really been an observer on my thoughts. I've just been kind of spewing them out on paper and then starting to analyze them. But now I need to let the feelings come in. And I need to remember how do I feel when I think each of these thoughts. And I need to let those feelings overtake me, okay? And not overtake me to some bad place, but just so that I can recognize that I can feel anything, that I don't need to resist my feelings. Because remember, as we've talked about, we spend a lot of time and energy resisting our feelings and pretending that they don't exist and buffering them away. And when we sit down in a model like this where we're deep diving into something, if we let ourselves feel those feelings, like in my case, feeling the nervousness and the sick, you know, that sick feeling that comes with just that yucky, overwhelmed, worthless feeling that I would get around public speaking, letting myself feel that way showed me that it, resisting that feeling is a lot worse than actually feeling it, okay? So then, that helps with my buffering so that if I did have to public speak, I know that I can confront those feelings and feel those feelings rather than having to buffer them. Okay, so I know that this is really tough stuff. I know that we all avoid and we all buffer like we talked about last week, but it makes such a world of difference to realize that you can feel. So as you're writing down thoughts, letting yourself feel the feelings that come up 
is such a powerful tool to you to help you practice and gain that experience and feeling. Okay. So anyway, I'm sitting in my feelings. I'm letting all the yuckiness come out and I'm going back in my thoughts, back and back and back and trying to figure out what's true and what's not. And where did this even come from? Where did this idea come from? Because this is a thought and maybe it's just a thought and maybe it's not true that I'm, that I can't public speak. And so finally it came to me <laughs> and this is where, like I said, it's kind of silly, but it actually was a trauma from second grade. That was 30 years ago, 30 years ago. I was holding on to this thought and it was just almost an unconscious thought in the back of my brain. But the evidence that my brain was using was from second grade. And so I'm going to tell you the story because it's just going to illuminate my point even more. Cause as a second grader, this event was kind of, you know, it was a big deal to an, to an eight year old, but now we can, you know, with a new lens, I can see that it really wasn't that big of a deal and that it does not need to shape my thoughts. It does not need to be the evidence of my identity. And so basically when I was in second grade, I had a teacher and she sat down one day in her rocking chair and we all sat in the carpet around her. And she said, today we are going to talk about the difference between boys and girls. And everybody in the class, you know, kind of snickering, whatever. And she said, who can tell me what the difference is between boys and girls? Well, at that point in my life, I raised my hand a lot in school and I shot my hand up because I knew the difference between boys and girls. I have a brother. I know, I know what the difference is. And I tell her using the correct words, what the difference is between boys and girls. And as you can imagine in second grade, everyone in the class starts laughing. They start laughing and maybe you would expect that the teacher would calm them down and say something. No, 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 no. This teacher also started laughing. She started laughing so hard that she started crying and all of the kids in my class laughed and they laughed and laughed. And to me, it felt like an eternity that they were laughing for. And so I'm that, you know, that little girl sitting in the middle of the room and I've got the tears running down my face, trying not to cry because everyone in the class is laughing at me. And my teacher calls me up to her and she hugs me as she's laughing so hard that she is crying. And that was a really traumatic experience for an eight-year-old to have everybody laugh at me like that. And from that point on, now I can look back and see, and I didn't recognize it at the time as a kid. And I obviously I didn't even recognize it as, as an adult until recently, but that gave me evidence that even if I'm right, people don't want to hear what I have to say. People are going to shame me or laugh at me, even if I'm right. So why should I even bother to speak out or speak up? And so that started years of me not wanting to speak up or speak out because I had this unconscious thought in the back of my brain, always going that no one wanted to hear what I had to say. And I can look now, now knowing where that thought came from, knowing that that's a lie. That was an incident and, um, consolidated incident. It was just this one, a one-time thing. And I can see how silly it was, how silly the whole situation it was. I can see that now, but it was only because I looked back at my thoughts and found where that came from. And I can recognize now that that's a lie. And I can now give myself evidence and point out to myself and show myself, no, but look at all these times that you said something and it went well. There's way more evidence on that side. And so all of this time I've been, you know, just putting it out there like, I have brown hair, I have brown eyes, I'm a terrible public speaker. As if it's something so true, as if it's something that 
I had no control over, that I had no say in, that that's just the way that I am. I'm a bad public speaker. But of course it wasn't true. It was just a thought. It was a thought caused 30 years ago by a silly situation. Okay? So this is what life coaching does. Life coaching points out to you what your thoughts are when you're stuck on something. Okay? It helps you through that. So then I can look at the circumstance as, okay, the circumstance is that I need to do some public speaking. And instead, now my thought can be, I have some valuable things to say. And the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. So I can speak with the help of the Holy Spirit. Not everyone might agree with me, but that's okay. Now that's kind of where I'm at now. Eventually, I really want to get to the point where my thought will be, I know what the Holy Spirit wants me to say, and I will say it boldly, okay? Because from that place, I will feel very confident and prepared, and then I'll speak out and I'll do it well, and then my result will be that my voice is heard, and I will be getting closer to living that calling the way that God wants me to live it. So this is just a little brief run through of what life coaching can do for you, how it can help you, how it can help you to realize even these things that we think might be our identity might not actually be what God called us to be or who God called us to be. Because I don't think that God put these desires in my heart to speak out on certain things because, but then made me a bad public speaker. I don't think that he did that. I think that I let a thought get in my way. And now the Holy Spirit has been waiting and waiting and waiting for me to catch up to realize that's not true and that I do have things to say and that he will help me through that and we and that I can do this. And so I know that this is rigorous work and I know that this can be tough stuff, but there's so much freedom on the end of it. There's so much freedom on the other side of sitting through these, sitting down and working through these emotions and these thoughts and these um, small things that have happened that have created these big grooves in our brain. There's so much freedom in being able to recognize, wait, that's that's not who I am. I'm actually, I'm actually not the person that I've said that I was this whole time because I'm actually who God created me to be. So I hope that you'll continue to follow this process. I hope you'll continue to work through these steps because like I said, there is so much freedom in this. And so on, okay, sorry, I lost my spot here and I'm trying to find it. Um, so as we're moving forward, I'm going to be offering more and more tools to you, more things within this series that are going to help you to deep dive like this, to help you through life coaching, to help you into some of this. But there are some other really great resources out there too. And so I hope you'll join me on Friday because this Friday for my Friday favorites, I'm going to be telling you about the program that I found that helped me so much in this. It's a, it's a Catholic life coaching program. And so I hope that you'll join me on Friday and we can talk all about that and how to, how you can join that as well if you want to, or how you can stick with me through this or how you can do both if you'd like. I'm probably actually going to send out an extra email this week too about it. I haven't decided, but maybe. And then just for a few other little housekeeping things, if you could rate and review us on YouTube, that would be great. That's really helpful to get this out to more people. And if you haven't subscribed yet on YouTube, subscribe. Um, that's also very helpful to me. If you haven't joined the Behold Private Facebook group, I'd love to have you there. I'd love to see you there. We have um, a lot of really incredible women who are in the same position you are. Women who just really want to live out their calling well. And so 
Today, I just, I just kind of wanted to share with you one of the ways that life coaching has changed my life. One of the ways that it's given me freedom. And that's what I want for you too. That's why these tools are important. That's why sticking through this, even when it's hard, even when it's uncomfortable, even when we have to face things that are 30 years old and kind of laugh at ourselves for thinking that that actually meant something, um, this work is worth it because it is going to give you this freedom and it's going to help you live that call worthy of the life you live your life worthy of the call you've received. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Christy Horsch. God bless.